the Protectors of the Wood adventure series. Join our story of misfit teenagers as they struggle to save the world from climate change. Remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Protectors of the Wood Adventure Series. Episode number 88, We All Need Help. Sometimes I'm stumbling through my day And there's no light upon the way There's nothing I can see, it's dark as can be Hold my hand and see me through I'm lost if I don't have you God help the shape that I'm in God help the shape that I'm in Just come back to me I'll be yours for free I'll do all the good I can do It's just that Abby felt an overwhelming need to call her parents and tell them that everything is fine and to put their worries aside. She followed Reverend Tuck down the hall and up a flight of stairs and through a door on the right with his name on it. The office was not small, but it was so full of things that it seemed small. Abby saw hundreds of books, a long wooden table, pictures, a TV screen, chairs, and a large bay window looking out over the churchyard. Feel free to use the phone here. Tuck motioned to an old black phone on his desk. Abby sat in the desk chair, a tall wooden embroidered throne of a chair, with a view of the churchyard all the way across the street to the benches in front of the office of the very conservative local newspaper, the Middletown Standard. A couple of men she had never seen before sat there doing nothing. One of them sat up straight, staring at the churchyard as if looking for something. It looks like we've got watchers at our gate. I wonder what they're looking for. Uh, let's not terrify ourselves. Let's go ahead and live our lives, shall we? If it's okay with you, I'd like to invite my parents and Glenda and Tiny to visit me here at the cottage. You certainly can. Uh, but is Glenda a part of your plans? Is she in any danger? Uh, I know her parents-in-law. No danger that I know of. 
When I used to stay at her house, I'm afraid I brought trouble her way. But that's over. Glenda is just trying to be a mother and a student. She's doing her best. From memory, Abby dialed her parents' number. Her own number for so many years. It rang more times than she had the patience to count, and she hung up in disappointment. Next, she found a torn piece of paper in her wallet with a number on it and dialed. It rang and rang with no result. She slammed down the receiver and stared at the wall. Whoa! <laughs> now, now, be careful. That phone is an antique. <laughs> Relax. This will all work out better if you take your time. I've been taking my time. Some people take their whole lives and never get anywhere. Are you thinking of your parents? Abby looked at Tuck and narrowed her eyes. I thought I was thinking of myself, but in the back of my mind, I guess I was thinking of them. Living over there in Ridgewood like exiles. What do you know about it? <laughs> a lot. This is a long-term fight. Bringing good into the world usually is. Abby was lost in thought. Finally, she said, So, being in your office and seeing all your books makes me wonder about something. Do you know, are we supposed to bring good into the world? Or is it just a sort of Random free choice. <laughs> well, I didn't expect that question. Well, let me see. First of all, you're right. Many of these books do deal with that problem. You've hit the core of my job as minister. And the answer is both. We're supposed to bring good into the world, and it is totally a free choice. But how do you know? Well, it has to be experienced. Uh, lived over a lifetime, or many lifetimes. Uh, I wonder about your experience. Why are you asking? I like to think about things, but sometimes I go too far. Go on. It seems surprising that anything's here at all. Why isn't there just nothing, nothing at all, anywhere, ever? Where could all this have come from? Why? Hmm. There's something hidden here. And when I think about it, I feel like I'm on the verge of a wonderful secret. But it's too big for me. I feel like I'm going to split open, get zapped by too much electricity, like it's too powerful to approach. Tuck stared at her and nodded. It is too much. That's why we all need help. We're not made to take that on all at once. Not that you're wrong. It is a wonderful secret. I'm just surprised. You see, most people don't talk about this. It's a taboo subject. People are afraid. 
We have to take the long, slow, winding path, doing good day by day here on earth. So, what am I trying to say? He turned and looked Abby in the eye. My message is simply that we all need help. Yes, we do. We need each other and some unexpected grace. I'm supposed to assist people in finding the right way. You're making me wonder how good a job I've been doing. Abby looked down and did not respond. Now, don't feel bad. I know how disposed you are to feeling guilty. But you're helping me, inspiring me to do better. The only way I can respond to your questions is by doing a better job. This will take time. You've got to include me in your project. What? My project? Tuck looked at her and smiled. <laughs> you didn't know? At that moment came a knock on the door. Yes, come in. The door opened part way, and a gray-haired woman leaned into the room. I'm sorry to bother you, but Glenda Trimble with Tiny and Lucy insists on seeing Abby. Yes. Oh, well... Please bring them up. Thank you so much, Janet. Soon, Janet's voice could be heard yelling in the hallway. Now don't run! You're going too far! On your left there! The door on your left! Suddenly, Tiny burst into the room, scanned it in a microsecond, saw Abby, and shrieked. hope I'm not interrupting. Not at all, not at all. Abby was just trying to call you and almost broke my phone. <laughs> we, we saw you on TV. Oh, I was worried about that. I hope it didn't scare you. Who are the mean people? Where do they come from? Uh, let me interrupt for a second. Uh, all the food is downstairs. Abby hasn't eaten half her lunch, and it's almost dinner time. Uh, maybe you don't like something? We've only got a few minutes. I... I've got a research paper due tomorrow. Oh, I was really hoping you could stay. Can I persuade you? Oh, we'd love to. But with so much happening, I've done no work all this weekend. Do it here! Glenda looked at Abby. Tiny suggested it before, so I brought along my work. But I don't want to bother you. And Lucy should be home soon. No. Grandpa Winkle said dinner time. It's still light out. Let me take the children for a walk around the yard. I need help planning the new gardens. And so... 
Tuck led the way to the dining room, and they all wolfed down cold chicken, bread, and apples. In the late afternoon light, Glenda, Tiny, and Lucy followed Abby out to the churchyard. Tiny and Lucy ran ahead to the cottage and circled around it a couple of times, looking in the windows. Abby and Glenda walked slowly, close together. I'm so overwhelmed. I wish we could talk alone for a few minutes. But today, that's not going to happen. I hope it's not all about me. Don't worry, I'm safe here. The church approved my job, and I'm staying. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm just sorry I didn't call you earlier. That's all right. Phoebe and George and Jeremy came by last night, so we knew you were okay. It's just that before the church service today, I was talking to Jeremy and George on the sidewalk, and Tiny's grandparents walked by. They actually looked away and didn't say hello to me. They didn't even say hello to Tiny. And then, after the service, Tiny's grandfather took me aside and said to get babysitting on Wednesday night because they want to speak to me alone. It's all getting too tense. I'm afraid they're going to threaten me somehow. Like try to control who I'm allowed to see. And I'm very dependent on them to finish school. They own the house I'm living in. Don't risk anything right now. Let things calm down. You probably shouldn't even be here. The children had gone inside and were laughing and talking. But Tiny really needs to see you. I can sacrifice my friends for a while to get through this, but Tiny has her own mind and gets so distressed when I try to explain these things. She thinks the world of grown-ups is a nightmare, a land of maniacs impossible to understand. And sometimes I feel like agreeing with her. Tiny and Lucy talked about nothing else all afternoon. I had to come, and they heard Reverend Tuck invite the youth of Middletown to come to the meeting, and they want to be there too. Tiny asked, what's a youth? And Lucy said, that's a young person, not an adult. That's us. They think the meeting is for them. Oh, I just can't handle it. I've got an idea. Tell Tiny's grandparents you respect their concerns for your personal life, but you will not exclude yourself or Tiny from church activities. Tell them Tiny is very attached to Sunday school and her church friends, and you won't deprive her. The cottage door opened and Tiny and Lucy came running out. Tiny grabbed Glenda by the hand and pulled her through the door. Abby followed. Look! Look how small! Tiny spoke as if this were the most wonderful feature a house could possibly have. And look at this room! See? We could come and play here! Meanwhile, Abby poured cups of warm apple cider for the children and began making tea for Glenda and herself. 
What's the little house? Oh, that's a kind of walk-in cardboard playhouse they use at the preschool. Rose and Rob bought it years ago at the toy store. The children love it. It's getting harder and harder as time goes on. Rose is a bit old. Arthritis. That's wonderful to hear. What a good thing Rose and Rob have been doing all this time. Tiny and Lucy reappeared from the back room and drank cider, whispering to each other like conspirators. Lucy stared at Abby. You're famous. Me? Not so. I'm nobody. Yes, so. You stopped the cars yesterday and escaped from the men. My grandpa says so. Abby smiled. Okay. It must be true, then. Do you think they'll leave me alone now? The words popped out of Abby's mouth before she could think, and in her mind she called it a stupid remark. Lucy frowned with worry. I don't know. Tiny says they're after you. Glenda looked at the children with alarm. Now, let's not be gloomy. No one's going to bother me here. And I won't be famous for long. In a few weeks, everyone will forget and move on to something else. But in her heart, Abby knew it wasn't true. These problems seemed to go on forever.
wants us to take care of a mother around us, the earth in the air, the man in the sky wants us to take care of a mother. Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood adventure series. Find all our projects on protectorsofthewood.com and support us on Patreon at Protectors of the Wood. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. <laughs>